0: Visit chrissawyeranny maccom Email him at csawyer at any-Mac.com or give him a call. 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345. Corporate NMLS number 338923. Mac Home Mortgage and Equal Housing Lender. American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC. DBA, Mac Home Mortgage. lo act Direct. your First Mortgage Correspondent. License Lender Broker Number, ML338923. Massachusetts Mortgage Lender and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC338923. Rhode Island License Lender. License Number 20112810. L. call for additional details.
1: Throwing jabs, always full send. Here we go again. Jared, Joe, and Jay's Clover Crest, top three corner man, punching in with a puncher's chance. We find a way to win. The main event locked it in. Every Saturday at 10, the overhand is out of hand when it comes to fisticuffs. Out a hand on the undercard, you'll never see the punch. Uppercut, got you missing weight, feet are stepping late. Keep your guard up feeling faint from a faint. Take a standing aid, then retaliate. Put up your duke, stick and move, I've and weave. Don't lose hope against the ropes, as always, an escape. Never stay down. One more round, bells ringing. Counter punch with your chin tucked, and go down swinging. We in crosses with no worship, hooks with no verses, combinations with no locks. When you feel the flurry, it's curtains. From scrub scraps to fight stats, relax if you want the facts. Because the best combat podcast is throwing jabs.
2: Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Throwing Jabs Combat Sports Podcast. I'm Big J, joined by Joe Wyatt and Jared Jones. And we have actual fights to talk about this week. Unlike last week, I wasn't here, but it was great. Will Smith versus Chris Rock, that was great, guys. But uh had to be done. Yeah, yeah, and it was fantastic. But uh I right, but and, and while we do have real fights to talk about. We also are going to wrap up our tournament, and let's start off with that. Let's just kick it – let's go right off the rip. Sugar Ray – the battle of the Sugar Rays, Sugar Ray Robinson versus Sugar Ray Leonard, which Sugar Ray will succeed. I I think it's pretty, pretty easy here.
0: Sugar I don't Ray think Robinson. it's I don't think it's easy. Hey, I, I don't think I don't think that well, would be man. fair to say either way. I will say this look, Sugar Ray Leonard, uh when when titles crossed five divisions, welterweight and, and, and middleweight. We talked about obviously the four kings, and you know, he was the dominator of that group. That said, Sugar Ray Robinson is the greatest pound for pound fighter, period. I I think most people think that and would agree with that. But in this case, this is definitely uh, about as close a challenge as I think you could get between two guys with the same first name unless Mark McGrath was involved.
3: (laughs) I love it. Uh, I would say that uh, when it's over, Abracadabra, Sugar Ray Robinson... By decision, shut the door, baby. Don't say a word. <laughs> it was great if you were scoring at home, that's lovely. Uh, that's... <laughs> oh, oh
0: boy!
2: boy. <laughs> All right, so Sugar Ray Robinson advancing. We'll get to him even more later. But now, moving on. Joe Lewis, Roberto Duran. This is a fun one. Fun one, Jared. Who are you going with?
3: I'll take just the boxing skill of Joe Lewis. I think uh, as gritty as Duran was, it's a pound for pound list. uh, And I'm taking the heavyweight. I I like Joe Lewis as one of the greatest heavyweights of all time. Uh, If you make me make a top five list, Joe Lewis is on it. I'm not sure you can say the same for Duran in his weight class. So I'm taking Lewis.
0: Yeah, I I think this one... It's a little easier than the last one Roberto Duran certainly was a great Fighter but I think Joe Lewis uh, For A a litany of reasons um, And again talking Pound for pound this guy was uh, This guy had it all I'm going to say Joe Lewis
2: All right I mean It's tough Going heavyweight with pound for pound You know I mean it, it is always Rough but I think if I, I, boxing, boxing-wise, I think we have some great. I mean, we'll talk about Muhammad Ali as well, but also, yeah, uh, I'll go Joe Lewis as well. I mean, he's moving on regardless of what I say, because he used to. So, yeah, I mean, but Roberto Duran's also a beast. I mean, there's no wrong answer here in, in any of this. But uh, all right, so Joe Lewis, now Jack Johnson. Versus Bernard Hopkins who, uh... Is this me first? Yeah Joe I got you.
0: Well I gotta tell you man Like I I, I dig uh, Jack Johnson but I gotta tell you One of my favorite fighters And I think one of the best I've ever seen Was Bernard Hopkins And I've seen a lot more Bernard Hopkins fights Than I have Jack Johnson And I I have to think pound for pound. If these two guys were duking it out today, I'm taking Bernie, baby.
3: And here I thought I'd be on my own. Um, This is one of those Olympic times arguments uh, or heights or distances or anything. Any metric at the Olympics go back a hundred years and track it and you'll see a progression of human being and evolution and stuff. Um, that they just kind of get better along the way. I think if these guys are the same size and fight as who they were in their primes given all the advancements, I think b embarrasses Jack Johnson. All things considered. Now, if we're not using that timeline and we're saying, well, at the time, so we're giving that bend, it's close and I'm still taking B-Hop. He just, this guy adapted and adjusted and found a way to win. This is one of my quintessential arguments for fighters is Chad Dawson versus Bernard Hopkins because Chad beat b Um, twice, I thought. Was winning when the when the fight got stopped. B-Hop fell out of the ring. Uh, athletic ability off the charts, but one of those guys adapted and adjusted as he got older and was ready and was able to carry his skill into the later years of his life. And the other one was just had all of these gifts that they honed and worked really hard, but never really adapted. Uh, B-Hop would find a way to win this fight. That's that's what I think.
0: You know, Tony, I, I I'll tell you some people that Jack Johnson beat: Philadelphia Jack O'Brien, Sailor Burke, battling. Fireman Jim Flynn, and Battling Jim Jim Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he also beat a guy named Sandy Ferguson. It uh, looks like uh, about five uh, times.
3: <laughs> Sam Langford. <laughs> There's some, there's some, there's, that's not fair. There's some good fighters on this list, but point, point, mate. Yeah.
2: Made. But uh, I mean, it, it yeah. I, I, I'm a,
0: Old uh, Philadelphia, Jack O'Brien steps into the ring with Jack Johnson. <laughs> and now,
3: to, to be fair, Jess Willard knocked him out in round 26.
0: Huh? It's quite a, a it's, it's a different fair. time. <laughs> hey, All have? right.
3: Roughhouse Wilson? Is that really your name? Okay. Imagine that.
2: Hey,
0: it's all the Roughhouse Wilson. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. The, the Cinderella continues, 14 seed, moving on to the Elite Eight. But uh, All right. There we go. Bernard Hopkins moving on. Let's round out Sweet 16 on the boxing side. Muhammad Ali versus Julio Cesar Chavez. I mean, this is rough. I, I love Julio Cesar Chavez, one of my favorite boxers ever. But uh, I mean, it's easy, Muhammad Ali, all day. I mean, any, any other? Anyone got any opposition there?
3: No. Hmm. Um. I actually ah. Uh... I mean, yes, I'm taking Ali. Don't get me, don't don't get it twisted. I'm taking Ali here. But um. I just want to say I'm taking Ali at their primes. I think that's how pound for pound should work. Body of work consistently beginning to end. Whoo, Chavez put on a show, man. If you're talking about consistency and entire body of work, Julio Cesar Chavez is going to be hard to keep off of any list, um, but he's up against, you know, this guy shook up the world. I'm taking Ali. All right. Uh,
0: listen, uh, Chavez and uh, Hector Macho Camacho, you know, I one of the great fights ever. Uh, but, yeah, dude, Muhammad Ali. Uh, again, no disrespect to Julio Cesar Chavez, uh, a great fighter in his own right. But, it, I, again, you're talking apples and oranges here.
3: Yeah, there wasn't a Meldrick Taylor. Good point, Tony. There wasn't a Meldrick Taylor on uh, on uh Ali's list, really, you know. Uh, in, the Norney beat, so. All right.
2: <laughs> there we go. So, our Elite Eight, we'll, we'll get to in a little bit, but it's going to be Sugar Ray Robinson versus Joe Lewis and Bernard Hopkins versus Muhammad Ali. But before we get to that, let's finish off the Sweet 16 on the MMA side. George St. Pierre versus Daniel Cormier.
3: Jared, who you got? DC. um and this wasn't as tough for me. I just feel like at the height of the game he was more dominant. There was more time to wonder if DC was the GOAT than there was with GSP. You started thinking maybe and then no And they thinking, thing ah, no. And then they, oh no. And DC, you know, aside from John Jones, reigned. I'm taking DC here.
0: I'm um, with wow. you, Jared. I've I've never felt like I've never understood all the hype around St. Pierre. I, 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 He's a great fighter. Don't get me wrong. I just feel like people talk about him like he's on a level that I just, I never felt like he was at. So I'm going to take Cormier because even though, I mean, pound for pound, Cormier took advantage of every pound on that body.
3: GSP is the Bart Star. Of the UFC, Great I like that
1: player won the Super Bowls. You stack it right up next to those other,
3: and it's tough to call a guy this good overhyped or like, but uh, yeah, I kind of agree. What? I, yeah, see, I, I, you could, I'm, uh, I don't I'm want. To flabbergasted!
2: Say I am to flabbergasted.
3: Like that. This, mean, this makes no sense. Faces. Tito Ortiz. You know, uh, um, I'm not putting him in the class with those guys. I'm just saying there's a, a hint of that. Uh, does he really belong here? Dude,
2: <laughs> Daniel Cormier, great. I love Daniel Cormier. But I mean, GSP, every single loss he avenged. And then he came back and even went up to middleweight. To, to, to become a double champ before Daniel Cormier. Daniel Cormier will always have John Jones just in, in the back of his mind. He could never beat John Jones. It, well, John Jones was also on steroids when they maybe. fought. Very true. But then even at, at heavyweight, maybe if he stayed at heavyweight and didn't go down to 205, maybe I, I think he could have just been more, even more dominant. But Tony I, knows I me. Know. I
0: can't get over that Matt Sarah loss. I'm sorry. That's always stuck in my crawl, dude. You're going to lose. Loot to Stipe Majocic. You know what I'm saying? That's all right. You can lose to Stipe a couple times. We're still good.
3: And, yeah, uh, lost to Matt Hughes, um, and uh, like you said, avenged it, beat BJ Penn.
0: He was also He also <laughs> sort of came in and dominated at a time where I feel like he was catching everybody else on the way out, and he was there really before it got really, really good. You know, I mean, don't forget, he stopped fighting in 2013, took four years off, and has pretty much been irrelevant since beating Bisbing in 2017, so...
3: He was one of the first real hybrid fighters.
0: Yes. Yes.
3: One of the first guys that really understood that all of MMA and being well-rounded is going to make you better. So he was one of, not necessarily one of the best guys to do that, but one of the first to not... To understand that you don't really want to come on with just wrestling or just striking. um, uh, The win over Koscheck with the jab. My goodness. 600 jabs. He looked like Winky Wright beating Felix Trinidad. Just jab, jab, jab. It was disgusting. And that understanding that he had was ahead of his time.
2: Yeah, and I mean, the, yeah, you're right. The... the he, he's just adaptable everywhere. Even go to the Bisbee fight. He was on his back, but he was still tearing up Bisbee with elbows. It, it's insane. Uh, I mean, uh, Daniel Cormier is moving on. We got an upset. I just, uh, I'm at a loss for words right now. Wow. But okay. I'm sorry we don't buy into the hype. We
0: just uh-uh. don't buy into the hype. Listen, I'll say this about St. About Pierre he could outwork anybody. That's why. He, he decided mean, half his fights were decisions, dude. Well yeah. and 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 what when you're the champ, you know, obviously it already tilts in your favor. So I don't know. Just didn't that's dominate the like the way I, I, I want an all-time great to dominate.
3: Well uh, and, and then so- there's that I- Matt
0: Sarah thing that I can't
3: Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, that's what I was gonna say. It sounds like we all have a hang up here. Ours is Matt Sarah, Jace. Yours is yeah, John
0: Right. That should
2: tell you <laughs> tell y'all you, you need yeah, to know. Yeah, but like. George St. Pierre avenged the Matsara loss.
3: And Daniel Cormier didn't want to have a prison rules fight. Like he didn't want to go Dinkstown to to get at John Jones. He
2: had an opportunity to avenge the the John Jones loss and he got knocked out even worse.
3: So
0: uh <laughs> Come on. Steroids, buddy.
2: Steroids, GFC, yeah, steroids. Well, I
0: mean, steroids overturned. Doesn't? I mean, come on. Let's not play that game. John Jones needed steroids. He was afraid of Cormier.
2: Then, then why did John Jones say exactly what was going
3: to happen years just before? Not steroids.
0: You think? Yes, Wait, you think, wait. Hold on.
3: Out.
0: Yeah. You also, you think what John Jones is a prophet? Because I mean, dude. Cosman says he's gonna knock Burns out in the first round tonight. If he does, does was was he just saying that, no. and he went out and or or did he will it into existence? Which he one? Asked about is it how be?
2: Daniel Cormier dips his head when he's running away, and how that sets up for the high kick which John Jones landed to put Daniel Cormier out in that fight. He talked about it years before their canceled fight. So I, I all right, but. We can talk more about Cormier later. Let's let's move on and let's talk about John Wait, Jones Why don't here. we talk about why don't we talk about the
0: spot you put us in last week where we had a ridiculous one sixteen that made zero sense? You put us in a tough spot. We didn't want to do that. No, I, so you should feel bad for a minute now, huh? Listen, I, How's I that do? feel? But I explained it.
2: I, I told Bye-bye, you. Bye, bye, George. These guys still have. These guys still have. They're. Uh, they still have a legacy to submit. Right,
1: PSGSP, like, because you're going home.
2: <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll take that. I will take that. I'm surprised. I didn't. I'm surprised you guys didn't pick Usman over GSP. but uh, we have to be practical. Okay, sure. All right.
3: Somebody does.
2: John Jones, Anderson Silva. We were just talking about John Jones. Joe, it's he...
0: going to be um Anderson Silva by uh. Sliva. I think it's close I think you're talking a couple of greats John Jones the story is still incomplete Um Obviously he's Whether we ever even see him again It's going to determine a lot About John Jones on any list So I'm going to go with the Proven commodity here I mean Anderson Silva dominated 16 fight winning streak Yeah I think uh I think it's going to be Silva. He was the greatest. I love John Jones. I still do. I think when I'm, I'm one of the few people, I know on this show, I'm the only person that still uh, would love to see John Jones get it together. I'm I'm ready to throw that guy another chance if he can get it together. I'd love to see it, but for me today, it's Silva's the, the, the better pound-for-pound pound guy by smidge.
2: I'd love to see John Jones. Don't get me wrong, uh, but I mean,
0: yeah, but you'd be all right if it was at Bellator, it's and I'm not because I care yeah. about John Jones. <laughs> we
3: just, uh, if he wasn't on. No, Star- I've
2: just accepted that it's not going to happen with John Jones. That's uh, we'll I'm see Khabib before we head, see John so. Jones. You're not wrong, but uh, <laughs> Jared. And Jackson, we're never going to see Khabib.
3: <laughs> oh, when I don't know how good the guy is. I mean, because he stopped fighting, or got arrested, or flipped out, or did steroids, or was juicing, or peed on somebody, or gave handed his penis to somebody who didn't want it. Whatever it is he was doing at the time that I didn't really get to good enough look at him, and other people got too good a look at him. Uh, Anderson Silva. <laughs>
2: yeah. But
3: uh,
2: yeah, Dan Henderson, Forrest Griffin, Damien Miles, Chael Sonnet, obviously Vitor Belfort, Stefan Bonner, the Anderson Silva, J- John Jones. I no disrespect to Gustafson, no disrespect to Daniel Cormier, no disrespect to uh, anyone else. But I mean, nothing, nothing compares to Anderson. All right now, if John Jones can come back and actually do what everyone expects him, to, if he if he can come back, beat Stipe at heavyweight, then beat Nganu, I I think that's the path for him to come back and take. But if he can do that, then yeah, I, I think he's up there. He might even be number one. But I, as of right now, nah. But at, he could also be retired right now. This could be all John Jones. I, I don't know what's up with John Jones,
3: but uh, Tony was looking for King Hippo. Um. uh you gotta. T- I mean, John Jones has the potential. <laughs> uh. John Jones. That's has exactly a what it was. To be on a list like this, but not the resume.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
3: I'll give you yet, yeah, Jace,
0: Fine, Silva. <laughs> I'll also point out that John John Jones, uh, last ten fights or so, uh, with the exception of knocking out Gustafson, and you take away the no contest to DC, a uh, lot of decisions and a lot of close fights, uh, taking taking a lot more damages uh, as as he was was going, uh, where he looked untouchable. Early in his career like like he was on another level as he started to face the top guys things did get a little more dicey I will point out which is another reason I would love to have seen John have it together and again this is a good division with some great fighters in there and I don't know we could only dream of what could have been if John Jones wasn't such a loser you're right and I say that with affection.
3: Yeah. You know, Sanders plays five more years. We get, we get some, uh, some more highlights. It's hard to know what would have happened if he ever had an offensive line and there's, there's John Jones, John Jones and addiction are like Barry Sanders and the lions offensive line. Ended it too early. Just could never get that part together.
2: Yeah. They're I mean, people. you can say the lions, the lions as a franchise, I mean, with Calvin Johnson, but, uh, yeah, Anderson Silva moving on. More. This, this should be interesting. I mean, and the Elite Eight matchup is set. DC versus Anderson Silva, a fight we've seen, but, I mean, pound for pound wise. But finishing off the Sweet 16, still got a, two more. Demetrius, Mighty Mouse Johnson, Ronda Rousey, Jared, I'm interested to see what you got.
3: Uh, This was this this was uh the toughest one on the list for me today. Um I'm taking Mighty Mouse. I think the dominance of Rousey's reign for that short time, you know, it's the opposite of the Chavez argument. There was a pocket of time where she was the Mike Tyson and did it as dominant as anybody since Mike Tyson for my eyes. Who else got to the top of the game and just stopped everybody? Um, That said, Mighty Mouse did it for a long time, man. Demetrius Johnson was number one in his weight class. Nobody at his size was messing with him for a long, long time. There wasn't another name there you even wanted to hear. And even the guy that beat him was physically a bigger dude. Uh, I'm taking Mighty Mouse. This is this was a phenomenal fighter. If you never got to see him fight, go watch some highlights. Demetrius Johnson was...
2: Dude, the the, the suplex into the arm bar says it all about him. Well, let's not
0: forget the fact that at 35, he's still the number one ranked flyweight in the one promotion. So uh, he's still there and he's still dominating wherever he goes. You know, her her... I love Ronda Rousey. The window was really small. It was really dominant. And when she got in the ring, though, with the two best fighters she'd ever seen, she got beaten pillar to post. Um, You know, you hate to judge a career on two fights, but there weren't a ton more fights to judge it on.
3: We just did it to GSP.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Again, I mean, for me, like I said, not only is this guy and we talked about this last week, Joe Rogan thinks Demetrius Johnson is the greatest mixed martial artist he's ever seen. Um, Joe Rogan also thinks that you could take that horse (laughs) shit, get rid of COVID. So does he know everything? No. But does he know MMA? Yes. I'm going Mighty Mouse.
3: Well, and that there's it's one of the guys you would want to argue. If you said we're doing a number one pound for pound and you have to make a court case, like you have to really make your argument for that guy and you're going to be assigned a guy, don't give me John Jones. Don't give me Ronda Rousey. This is one of the names I would be like, all right, yes, I can make a really good argument that this is the greatest mixed martial artist of all times. I'd want a Johnson. I'd want a Silva. You want a guy that you can at least make a great argument for.
2: Yeah. And
3: and, poke a lot of holes in the Demetrius Johnson is the greatest, at least small mixed martial artist ever.
2: Yeah. You, 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 all those things are right about Demetrius Johnson. Uh, I love him. He's great, but he's moving on. But I I, have Rousey here. Uh, I think just her impact on the sport in general that's why I'm giving her the edge. I mean, Mighty Mouse, yeah, he he has all these accolades and that stuff. But, I mean, you you can't mention the history of the – Mighty Mouse, he I, I think his name will get lost in the history of the U.S. UFC. You cannot mention the UFC without mentioning Ronda Rousey. You're right.
0: And – And I can't disagree with that, but this isn't a Hall of Fame argument. And we're also not doing the Mount Rushmore of fighters because your argument would have been compelling in either one of those arguments. However, pound for pound, pound for pound is what we're talking about here. And again, with such a small body of work, it's really hard. And she lost to Amanda Nunes. Bad, bad, and like that was it. And we that's bye bye. Go like play wrestling or whatever you're gonna do now. Cool.
3: That was okay, the right. biggest
0: fight of her life. Obviously, after you know her Buster Douglas moment with with Holly Holm, you know it was like we we saw what she was made of, you know. So okay. I don't know. I I think when when um. If Rocky would have lost to Apollo Creed in a trilogy, that whole series would have been different.
3: You I had to skip to five. <laughs>
0: yeah. Imagine if Rocky just kept fighting Apollo Creed and Carl Weathers just outsmooths him and beats him in every fight. Yeah, fight. And it's like they get to the trilogy. It's like, why are we still doing this, Rocky? You're not. It was a lucky night in seventy six. You're not that good. <laughs>
3: You're plus you never
0: eight. were. Like Mickey's just, been uh, propping you up since that fight. You're not. You're not that good.
3: Washington yeah. named you the general. Like Clever Lang comes
0: around. Clever Lang's like, I'm not even calling out Balboa because he's a bum and I have no interest in the fight. You know what I mean? Like, and then the, then Rocky Four's about Mister T and Apollo Creed becoming best friends and mentors, and then Mister T. T
3: and Hulk Hogan end up wrestling for
1: the
0: yeah. Movie. Mr. T and the A-team end up murdering Ivan Drago before the big fight. I mean, it would have been – they could have done so many cooler things with that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it all go to waste. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so many great ideas after that first movie. I was like, no, this guy's not going to win.
2: <laughs> uh, all right, okay. All right, Mighty Mouse is moving on. Let's see who will face the Battle of the Russians. Fedor Emelianenko, Khabib Nurmagomedov, Jared, who you got?
3: I never saw Nurmagomedov as Russian. He seems to be real patient, takes his time. That was a joke. Um, I'm taking Nurmagomedov. <laughs> this guy raked everybody. This guy's going to be hard to beat on in any of these conversations for me. Again, it's one of the names you want to be handed. You know, you're like, okay, pound for pound, all-time great, who'd I get? Conor McGregor, Sonoban. You know, you want Menov to be the Demetrius Johnson. There's guys that you, Anderson Silva, that I would go, yes, okay, I can make that argument. Fedor is also one of those, but I'm taking the undefeated record in Menov, Like I say, he, he never looked for a minute like he wasn't dominating the person he was in the cage with.
1: And one of them was a bear.
0: Yeah. Dude, the, the ease and comfortability that Khabib operates on is scary. And we've talked about him switching from the Gaethje. arm bar on gate I mean, come on, dude. This guy's like on another level or 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 uh when he was fighting um uh who was it? Um the fight before uh it's like I can't remember. It doesn't matter. Uh, he's like, you know, you know, I deserve this. Just the way he could talk. Oh, in Michael the- Johnson. Michael Johnson. Yeah, thank you, dude. You know, I deserve this. And he's just, I mean, dude, that guy was up here and everybody else was here. There wasn't, you know, we always talk about how in some of these divisions, there's that one and then there's that two kind of interchangeable or it's super close. With Khabib, it, it, I mean, it wasn't even close. Number two was a was was number two was closer to number five than he was to number one.
3: I, it's funny when you say that. Like, it's just because it doesn't look right. The guy's so utterly dominant. I remember being in the corner once at a scrub scrap, and I said, this guy's posing. 20 bucks says I can kiss his glove. I bet my corner, 20 bucks, I could kiss his glove. And he's coming in, and he's jabbing and I'm countering as he's pulling it back you know and one diving jabs and you literally it's <laughs>
0: hilarious yeah
3: countered the shot but when you're that that's what it that's what that gaugey thing reminds me of is just being that far ahead that I can you know uh, um little chris's feet there are professional boxers that don't move the way little chris moved when he was when he he and Billy DeCarly are the only two that ever blinded me. Like I'd stop and I'd swim. And then there would be no person there. Just not a person there anymore. <laughs> there was a person there. I was fighting them. And now I don't know where they are. Those moments where you see the other fighter like just kind of run away and start trying to you just run straight and turn around because they're totally lost. Um... Yeah, and I've, and I've lateral movement. You get that done to other people that don't know what's going on. And when you're that far ahead, man, and he was that far ahead of everybody. You're talking about people at the top of the game that he's treating like children. Well, I don't want to beat you like that because your family's here. Like, you're a professional fighter in a cage with another person, and he's going to take you out if he can. And you're thinking, oh, this is his is wife and kids. You know what? Let's leave him conscious. Like that's at the top of the game, and you're fighting. Good God, yeah, Menov all day. He's going to be really hard to get out of this tournament.
2: Uh, I I'm going Khabib too, but I will say, Fedor's resume beats Khabib's. The, the names Fedor's beat. Uh, I mean, and also I mean, in Pride beating a lot of people who were who were. Juiced up, you know. Well, well, pound for pound. I know.
0: I still think you're thinking about a list of the greatest of all time, and you're not taking into account the sizes of these people.
2: Joe, so, they're leaving. I just want to say some nice things about them before they go. Oh, know?
0: okay. No, do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, did them yeah. off, you know? I didn't know. We should have talked about that <laughs> before the show. You'll just say nice guys. things about him on the way out, and then I just want to. No, yeah, comment. we're
2: we're all gonna we're gonna talk about Khabib more in a little bit. We're done talking <laughs> about Fedor right now. I just wanted to say some kind words, Send them all But uh, <laughs> all right.
0: I do love Fedor. He's great. Gifts.
2: <laughs> yeah, go back watch some of those Pride fights. They're wild. But uh, all right, Elite Eight. Let's start him off. Sugar Ray Robinson, Joe Lewis. Joe, you mentioned it before, Sugar Ray Robinson, number one pound for pound, do you think? Is he moving on?
0: Yeah, I got to. Again, this is close. couple of all time greats, but they literally invented the term pound for pound because of Sugar Ray Robinson. They did not do that for Joe Lewis. So I will not be extending Joe the courtesy this time. <laughs> i'm taking robinson here close but robinson oh
3: jared well i didn't realize that a whole fistful of this guy's fights would have been considered light heavyweight fights by today's standards he outweighed most of these guys by 5 10 15 pounds well huh learning new stuff every day as a charles Marciano. Uh, Sugar Ray Robinson. That was fun. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks for
0: hey, thanks for dropping some names there too. That I felt like, you know,
3: he's yeah. he didn't say something here. That a was great. Walk through Joe Lewis's <laughs> career in slow motion.
0: I love Joe Lewis. I, I do a lot. I really do. <laughs> but
3: and you're right to take Robinson. Yeah. But all right,
2: moving on. Robinson across the board. Who will he face in the final four, Muhammad Ali or Bernard Hopkins? Jared, is the Cinderella going to continue to the final four?
3: Um, these guys were both adapt, adjust, and find a way to win guys for me. Um, Ali was just better than Hopkins. I'm um, taking Ali again here. I think B-Hop is underrated. I think B-Hop is highly underrated and undervalued for what he did. And as an individual, I'm not like a some huge fan of the guy. Uh, but he was a great, great fighter. His ability to adapt, adjust, and find a way to win was the perhaps the best since Ali. So Ali for the win, but those are your parting gifts, B-Hop. <laughs> Jace decided we're doing parting gifts, so you're welcome, B-Hop.
0: Bernard Hopkins, like I said uh, Was one of my favorite fighters Roy Jones Jr. being another one Um, Just wanted to mention his name Because again, I think An all-time great But Muhammad Ali Obviously Is going to get the edge here Over B-Hop As much as I love him It's Ali Yeah Yeah,
2: Yeah, it's Ali Easy, I mean I love that B-Hop made it this far, and I think it is very, very disturbing. But, uh, yeah, Muhammad Ali all day. So, Sugar Ray Robinson, Muhammad Ali in the final four. This
0: Tony's thought, understand this, Tony's thought a lot about this stuff. This is, this is, Not just today or this week, but, like, just a lot over the years about this stuff. So
3: That's a really, really great take.
0: Wouldn't even have thought, thought about it like that, but yeah. Yeah, great um, point.
3: It's the Ali Tyson argument that I always make when people say Tyson could have got inside, and I'm like, dude, name all the people who beat Tyson and what they have in common. A heavy, hard, long jab. Ali had one of the best of those in the history of boxing. The, how does Tyson, when he couldn't with Lennox Lewis, when he couldn't with Kevin McBride, how does he get it done with Muhammad Ali? <laughs> uh, yeah, great point, Tone. Yeah, and we'll take it. Ali. All
2: right. But, uh, all right, let's wrap up the Elite Eight MMA side. Anderson Silva versus Daniel Cormier fight. We saw play out in the octagon, but both at their pound-for-pound pound prime. Joe, who you got? Anderson
0: Silva, uh, I think when you when you look at the body of work, that's a joke because I love that Cormier a little chubster. But uh, yeah, I think I think Anderson Silva uh, just a dominator. I hate the way his career ended. It was so ugly, but that's the the nature of the sport. Uh, So, yeah, I'll give the edge here to Silva over Cormier, who I I do like and respect a ton. Uh, But yeah, Silva, the spider.
3: Yeah, I'm taking Silva, too. Um, Longevity, body of work. Yeah, absolutely. This is Anderson Silva. Cormier is one of the guys who could make the argument for, but not one of the names I want. And Silva's one of the names I want. Silva here.
0: And I'm willing to overlook all the Chris Weidman stuff. I know, it's not fair.
3: Craziest thing is some of the most insane things I've ever seen in the Octagon happened when Silva fought Weidman, and then Weidman fought Hall, and then Hall fights Silva, and it was like you had this little round robin of just insane things that don't happen in every fight. No, but
2: uh, Uh, I mean, I didn't even have Daniel Cormier here. So I'm going with Silva so as well, but DC, Smart. great. Uh, I, I, I just if it just weren't for John Jones, I mean him, him doing, him being the first, he goes to heavyweight, and not only that, he's the first to defend both to defend a title while holding two titles against Eric Lewis. I, I, that's a cool little stat for the history books. But uh, I mean, you you want to talk about stats and history books? Anderson Silva all, all day, maybe, for, as far as MMA and the UFC goes. but uh,
0: All right, cool. Where are we now? So where are we in the in the rankings all? Where, where are we at? We in the final four?
3: One, we're one. wrapping
2: up the Elite Eight with this. Anderson Silva's moving on to the final four. Who will meet him there? Khabib? Yep. Or Mighty Mouse Joe? Khabib?
0: Again, I talked about how much I liked the Mighty Mouse, uh, and I, I still think uh, he's still going at it. But again, pound for pound, Khabib. It's nobody better. Nobody, nobody dominates like this guy does. And here's the thing about Khabib. Dude, if, if, if he had dropped weight and gone to, like, 125, he would have dominated there. And if he ever does come back and let's say he pops back up at welterweight or light heavyweight, I'm pretty sure he'll dominate there as well because nobody nobody understands the game better than this guy and nobody has the fluid move. I mean, I think when you're wrestling bears as a child, you really you got to understand and, and, and understand leverage, right? Like you
3: learn a lot I mean, growing oh. up that way. Wrestling oh. you learn a lot wrestling bears.
2: But also he was training with Kane, DC,
3: Luke Rockhold. He was training with big guys too. Yeah, so, I mean yeah. Their- and kicking their asses, yeah. So uh This is the toughest one so far. I will say this is the first time I felt like I had two Mount Rushmore type guys in this, but Nurmagomedov, the dominance and it's only the pound-for-pound pound thing that makes me think maybe Mighty Mouse. Good fight. Nurmagomedov is um, the, the the prototype. He is the next step. He is the GSP back then of right now. The guy that's transitioned into something else. We're yeah. evolving, and Nurmagomedov is evidence.
2: Yeah, I, I mean... For, for, for this, also, I mean, resume. I mean, D- Demetrius, yeah, yeah, you, you got uh, Cejudo, while he was very young, he came back and beat you. Uh, Joseph Benavidez, all right, uh, Dominic Cruz was on there, but I mean, Khabib, I mean, Connor, even though I mean, Connor's kind of disgraced himself now, but I mean, even Connor Gaethje, I mean, and, and just dismantling anyone, yeah. He, he his style transcends, like you were saying, Joe. Transcends his weight. I mean, he just has that raw strength, that wrestling strength, and, and just his ability to just control another person is just insane, insane. And I mean, training with Kane, Daniel Cormier, these big guys. I mean, and throwing them around. Yeah, K- Khabib's moving on. So, Khabib, Anderson Silva. Final four. Let's get into the final four. But we'll start off with the boxing side. Sugar Ray Robinson, Muhammad Ali, Jared. Who you got?
3: Uh, I think many. Oh, and I hate to say this because this is among the greatest fighters of all time, but many of Muhammad Ali's accolades and memories and the reason that we remember him the way we do is the things that he did outside of the ring um bird sugar said if we were gonna send if we realized there was life outside of us and we had to send someone we don't know if they're friends or foes we don't know if they can communicate well we want to send someone gentle and that can speak well but soft and not aggressive but will whoop somebody's ass if they need to right if we got to send a representative as a human being to go meet that alien race that he would want that person to be Muhammad Ali um and it's like one of the greatest compliments I think I've ever heard um that said you don't fight outside the ring I'm taking Sugar Ray Robinson here and it's heartbreaking to say hello
0: I'm glad you did all the dirty work there. (laughs) I'm glad you did all that. Yeah, Um, I'm going to...
3: Get to the point. Khabib and Mighty Mouse, and then this one, it's getting much harder.
0: The idea the term was invented to explain this guy and how this guy would destroy everyone he fought. Tells you all you need to know even about the term "found per pound. Also, he um, invented the term entourage. I don't know if you guys know that or not. Sugar Ray had like... uh, his little his, his boys used to roll with him, uh, and that was not a thing until he did that. So you're welcome twice over. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna take Sugar Ray Robinson uh, in in a slim slim uh, win over Muhammad Ali.
2: Yeah, the, this is this is just like how I was talking about the Demetrius Johnson uh, Ronda Rousey matchup impact versus just ability and pound for pound. Uh, Muhammad Ali impact not just on the sport, but on really the world uh, was great. And I mean, a lot of people would. I mean, everyone knows who Muhammad Ali was. Uh, but Sugar Ray Robinson, just pound for pound, the greatest. So, who will he face in the championship? Khabib or Anderson Silva? Jared.
3: it sucks knowing where silva's ceiling is this reminds me of trying to bet a crossroads fight where it's an up-and-coming undefeated guy but this is his best opposition so far so we don't know what his ceiling is we saw silva's ceiling i think and i mean he just outclassed a, a an elite boxer in a boxing ring. This guy is one of the greatest, like, just fighters in general. Phenomenal. Anderson Silva, and those are parting gifts. Because the other guy raked <laughs> everybody, and we don't know what his ceiling is.
0: Yeah. Again, I, you know, I, I, I love Anderson Silva, and, and prime Anderson Silva is definitely one of the greatest of all time, but Again, knowing what we know about Khabib, but I'm glad that we know about the sparring with the big guys because um, I think it tells you a lot. And, and like you were saying before, Jace, you know, again, dude, just the, the way this guy moves, the way he leverages his weight, it's the reason he's able to dominate people. It's the reason he's able to make people like Conor McGregor look like an idiot. When they're when they're in the ring with him, he does
3: a pretty good a job of that on his own, though. I mean,
0: that is that is fair, but you know, I mean, again, you could see Khabib. I mean, Khabib kept that fight going so he could inflict more damage on Connor and talk crap to him. That's what a great champion he is. That's what a like, dude. I mean, imagine right? You wouldn't you don't you don't want to be in a cage with that guy with Conor McGregor. I mean, you know, that that left, that left is lethal. Khabib didn't think twice about it, didn't care. He kept that fight going for longer so he could beat McGregor's ass for longer, humiliate him and talk to him the whole time.
3: It's video game stuff.
0: That's video game stuff, dude. He is just on another level and not for nothing. When Silva got cute in the ring, How'd that turn out for him? Ask Chris Weidman.
2: Very, very true.
0: If you're going to be in the ring and you're going to fool around, you got to do it like Khabib. You still got to be serious.
2: Yeah, but uh, I yeah, love yeah. Sander.
0: Let's talk now. You want to <laughs> talk now? We talk.
2: Yeah, and I mean, he wasn't even tired after whooping up on Connor. He had to hop the he the the cage and went after uh, one of Connor's boys too. But uh, yeah, it it could be just built different. I mean, Anderson Silva got all the accolades and that stuff, and I mean, like like I said, great great as far as the history books go, but pound for pound, and uh, just the there, the, I don't think there will ever be another Khabib. I mean, a lot of people talking about Mahakev and Kamaev, but I I don't I don't think there could be another Khabib.
0: They're good, but they're, yeah, I mean, you know what? You know what those two guys lack is his super calm, cool demeanor. I, I mean, I don't think anybody has that. I don't think anybody has that. I, I don't think you could. You either can do that or you can't, and I don't think most other people can. It's. I think
3: it's the way you talk about Roy, Joe. It's the way you talk about Roy Jones. It's the way you talk about Roy Jones. It's the way I've talked about Loma before, that he's doing things to people in there that you would do to a little kid or, like, you're just on a completely different level. Uh, Silva and Forrest Griffith comes to mind. You don't get that at the top of the game too often where one of them is just, you know, you get. well, not that Forrest was, like, the number two guy, you know, uh, the one we wanted to see, but at the same time, you're talking about a fight for a title in the biggest promotion. You don't really see him outclassed the way Nurmagomedov was able to do it every single time. Like the teacher playing dodgeball with the, with the kids. Like It doesn't look right. Yeah. Shaq, it, 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 Shaq's it, it, high school it, highlights. Watch those. That's what... Oh,
0: yeah. Well, well dude, I mean, literally since... <laughs> Since since Medov fought that bear, you know, it's rare to have even seen anyone get the upper hand on him, period, ever, at any point, at any fight in his career. You can't say that about anybody else. Like, this guy dominated every minute of every round of every fight he was in against, it didn't matter who. And I think that speaks, especially knowing the nature of MMA. Everybody's got a loss or two. It's okay. Not this guy. Yeah. Okay. I mean, this guy, and, and, and I always didn't fight Tony Ferguson. He wanted to, and I'm certain he would have destroyed Ferguson before, uh, before Gaethje did and it all fell apart. But yeah, uh, he's, this guy is, is serious. This is like a, a the video game. You juiced him up to a hundred. He's breaking tackles. Jace. He, he can, you know what I mean? You could, yeah. you could, he's your running back. You can throw the option and he throws like an 85 yard bomb down the line. Khabib just did it all. He was just, just so good. And and again, because of the wrestling and the takedowns, dude, how many times did he get to tag somebody? Good, right? I mean, he was in your head. He was talking, but still always dominant. And at the end of the fight, still the classiest person. And and one of the classiest champions, you you don't find guys that are super humble like that. Mm-hmm. This guy's like a robot. He goes out and he takes care of business. He dominated every second of every match he was ever in. I don't think you could be any better than that.
2: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Hot. Let, let's get into to this now. The sports emerge. Who is the number one pound for pound? combat sports athlete of all time. So Should wait, are these
0: how it? are these guys fighting then? What is the method of fighting now that we've crossed over? Does Does Robinson wear boxing gloves? Is Khabib wearing boxing gloves? I need old to understand school, how old, to distribute this weight.
2: Old school UFC they can wear, you can wear one boxing glove if you want. You can wear two. Uh Whatever. Uh, I don't know, but I mean pound for pound wise, Joe,
0: who you got? Well, I hate to say this, but I still think Khabib Nurmagomedov. I just think he finds a way to get it done. I just, you know, again, dude, he's. I- I've never seen anyone get the upper hand on Khabib. Would it be Sugar Ray Robinson? Nah, maybe, maybe. You know, it wasn't Dustin Poirier. It wasn't Conor McGregor.
3: I had a friend, uh, Billy Allard. You know, you think you could beat me in a fight? He was about 5'8", 195. You know, t- Tiger Claw training and did all the the, the other martial arts and all those things. And I'm like, where are you fighting? Phone booth or a football field? Because I wouldn't last a couple, 10, 15 seconds in a phone booth with you. But if you had to fight me on a football field, you're in trouble. Um... Yeah, these two, and f---nuts. I feel the same way here. Yeah, I need more information. They fight on a football field with boxing gloves and can't do takedowns. Uh, give me Sugar Ray all day. They're in a cage with MMA rules. I mean, it's a no-brainer. Either way, it's like these are two, I like this being the end of the game. And we get one for MMA and one for boxing. Because... There's so many other uh, intangibles you would have to put together. And all of that said, one of these guys never lost and we don't know their ceiling. If you force my hand, it's Khabib.
2: Yeah. I mean, the, the, that's it. the never lost. I mean, the, that's great. It's not as great as it, it really is because of guys like Floyd Mayweather. But, uh, I mean, K- Khabib's different. He's the reason why it is great. Dominance, like you can argue maybe McGregor took one round off him, but that's still a stretch. Uh, Just dominance. And, I mean, even uh, I keep bringing up him in training. Guys like DC, Kane, and Luke Rockhold, they say Khabib has never even lost a round in training. So, like, just that dominance at that level to continue. And, I mean, the the only real knock maybe for the pound-for-pound stuff is how he struggled to make weight in the beginning of his career. But then he figured it out. He figured it out and continued to succeed. So, I think, yeah, as far as Khabib goes, uh, Sugar Robinson's great. But, I mean, Khabib is just different, just different. Yeah, I
0: think Yeah, you know, it, it is It's hard because, I mean, again, these guys Fought at a similar weight Or or at least fought at similar weights During their career So, again, you know You're putting Sugar Ray Robinson In a tough spot here because
3: We don't know if Sugar Ray can Wrestle at all uh, yeah, Or what he, he might do Of his career and he fought as many times As could be, you know that's yeah. Hard to quantify, as Tony was saying.
2: Yeah, uh, but shouldn't the pound for pound wise. Talk about pound for pound, but
0: Dude, again, if these two in- were if these two were standing in a ring square and off, just in boxing gloves, Sugar Ray Robinson would I think beat met off pillar to post. It yeah. would it wouldn't even be close. Mm-hmm. If it was yeah. like Khabib, you gotta stand up and fight for twelve rounds with Sugar Ray, he's getting murdered it wouldn't be close
3: or 45 or whatever
0: yeah again if you're throwing them in an octagon i don't think sugar ray has a chance against khabib because nobody else did so yeah
3: i I think think this lasts longer in a boxing ring than sugar ray does in an octagon
0: fair yeah in an octagon i say sugar ray robinson would get tapped out in about 45 seconds or less in a boxing match khabib could go Definitely three or four rounds before Sugar Ray puts him to sleep mm-hmm. with the fists. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Street fight, Khabib, because he would eat him in street fight.
2: <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, Khabib,
3: make the ring, the corner, the same. <laughs>
2: Khabib with the big big win, but uh, all right. Damn the, that's it for the the tournament that was fun but uh and then i i got more fun stuff for the who you got in the planned so make sure we stay tuned for that but uh we'll, we'll all be here but now we got to talk about the fights coming up tonight big ufc pay-per-view but first let's take a break here from one of our sponsors
0: Come on out for a day of fun to the Cove Kids Classic, presented by Clarity. Friday, May 6, 2022 at Lyman Orchards Golf Club to benefit the Cove Center for Grieving Children. Partnership opportunities are available. All proceeds from the Cove Kids Classic support the Cove's free programs. Please consider partnering with us to continue to support grieving children and teens in 2022 and beyond. For more information or questions, call Allison Gamber at 203-634-0500 or email allison at covect.org. The Cope Kids Classic takes place Friday, May 6th at Lyman Orchard's Golf Club. Registration begins at 8 a.m. Shotgun start at 9 a.m. on the player course. Coming up Saturday night at UFC 273, it's a band and weight title rematch between Aljamain Funkmaster Sterling and Peter. No mercy on, let's break it down. Aljamain Sterling is 32 years old. He's 5'7 with a 71-inch reach and a record of 20-3 and three with two knockouts and eight submissions. From Uniondale, New York, he started wrestling in high school, going on to become a two-time NCAA Division III All-American with a record of 87-27. and 27. While attending SUNY Cortland, teammate John Jones invited him to the gym to learn Brazilian jiu-jitsu. After graduation, he compiled an amateur record of 6-1 and one before turning pro in April of 2011 with a unanimous decision. He quickly went 8-0, winning the Cage Fury Championship's bantamweight title and defended it three times before signing with the UFC, making his promotional debut in 2014 with a decision over Cody Gibson. He followed it up with a third-round knockout of Hugo Vienna and had submissions over Takaya Musgaki and Johnny Eduardo. After suffering a pair of decision losses to Brian Caraway and Rafael Asun, Kali bounced back three months later, defeating Augusto Mendez. But after winning a unanimous decision over Renan Barraro, he was brutally knocked out cold by a knee from Marlon Marais. He returned four months later with a decision over Brett Johns and a Sula stretch submission over Cody Stammen. Decisions over Jamie Rivera and Pedro Munoz saw a match with Corey Sanhagen in a title eliminator, which he won in impressive fashion, blitzing the Sandman and taking his back just one minute into the fight and route a first-round rear naked choke submission. On March 6, 2021, he took on reigning bantamweight champion Peter Yan, initially coming out to a fast start until a heavy knockdown and multiple takedowns caused the fight's momentum to gradually shift in the champion's direction until round four when he was knocked out cold with an illegal knee, thus making him the first fighter in UFC history to win a world title by disqualification. The best grappler in the division, Sterling mixes elite-level wrestling with slick striking and a dynamic come-forward style designed to overwhelm his opponents. Peter Yan is 29 years old. He's 5'7 with a 67-inch reach and a record of 16-2 with seven knockouts. From Yekaterinburg, Russia, he began training in Taekwondo in sixth grade and eventually earned a master of sport in boxing before graduating from the Siberian Federal University with a degree in physical culture. He made his MMA debut in December of 2014 with a third-round knockout and signed with Absolute Championship Burkut, going 7-1 before becoming the Bantamweight champion with a unanimous decision over Magomed Magomedov. The following year, he made his UFC debut, knocking out Turto Ishiara with a right cross. In December of 2018, he put on a dominant performance against Douglas Silva de Andrade, battering him throughout the first round until the Brazilian's corner stopped the fight. He followed that up with impressive wins over John Dodson and Jimmy Rivera, and then in December of 2019, took on Uriah Faber, giving him a hellacious beating before knocking him out with a devastating head kick in round three. Seven months later, he fought former featherweight champion Jose Aldo for the recently vacated bantamweight title in a back-and-forth slugfest. The two friends and former sparring partners put on a classic, with Aldo focusing on Jan's legs and body, while Jan slowly broke down Aldo with continuous pressure eventually getting the former champion to the ground and stopping him with a prolonged ground-to-pound. On March 6, 2021, he defended his belt against number 1 contender Aljamain Sterling, gradually wearing him down and dropping him with a punch as well as scoring several takedowns before knocking him out with an illegal knee, losing his title by disqualification. On October 30, 2021, he faced the always-dangerous Corey Sanhagen for the interim bantamweight title, steadily breaking his opponent with a vicious body assault and dropping the Sandman in the third round with a powerful spinning backfist and route to a wide unanimous decision. A relentless pressure fighter, Jan is exceptionally good at controlling the center of the octagon and uses his feints to get his opponents to overextend themselves as he lands his counter at a rate of nearly six per minute. While Aljo's dynamic grappling skills and reach advantage given the edge he needs to legitimize his reign, Or will No Mercy's unrelenting pressure and killer instinct prove to be too much as both men try to settle the score in one of the most heated rivalries in UFC history? Tune in Saturday night to UFC 273, and let's find out.
2: All right. Aljo versus Peter Yan. Can Peter Yan redeem that illegal knee finish? Joe? Joe? Who you got?
0: Um, I think Peter Yan is going to destroy Aljamain Sterling, who has sort of moved into the delusional state that Deontay Wilder was living in after he lost. And I'm, I'm concerned about, I mean, look, Sterling's a great fighter and he's a great athlete and this guy's always in a fight, but he it, their their first matchup. He was tentative. Obviously, Jan made a huge mistake with that knee, but Aljo didn't want to get off the, the ground. He wanted to stay on the ground, and Jan's not going to do that. Uh, Jan's gonna. I, I I think Jan's gonna really go for. Uh, I, I mean, he's gonna try to knock him out. He's gonna try to inflict pain and knock him out, and I think. I think that's where Sterling could find an opening is if is if Jan is like hell bent on really really bringing the the heat and and coming right at him could he could open himself up to to uh to getting knocked out but I I think Jan's going to get in there and and he's angry and this guy hasn't yeah <laughs> said there he's seeing red um you just got to hope you just got to hope that uh sometimes seeing Red's not a great thing though Jared, right? I still want to have a clear mind when I'm in there. So, I think as long as he's able to to keep the cool that he always keeps cuz Peter Jan's another cool character uh in sort of in the vein of of Khabib. Um yeah, I I I see this being a a dominant Yan performance and
3: getting that belt back. Oh, me too. He's super focused uh One's the new champion, one is old, but one's Sterling silver, and the other's gold. Uh, (laughs) Boring girls make my Peter Jan. um, I think we'll see a repeat of everything we saw before the knee, and Jan's going to take through this guy. He understands the rules this time and probably stops it. And Sterling could take a beating, so I'd expect this to be fight of the night type performance and Jan to be a buzzsaw.
2: Yeah, uh, I'm with you guys as far as Jan goes. I I will say Joe and I were talking a little bit about betting before the show. I I do think Sterling, I'm just going to trust his camp with uh, Roberto Longo and Matt Serra and just his length and especially at that weight. I, I think out of all the underdogs, I think this is the, the best opportunity for an upset on this UFC pay-per-view, as far as the big fights go. So, uh, I, I I do see an avenue where Sterling can win if he pulls out like a submission or if he can just you you use that length. I I like Sterling's ground game, but I, I do expect Peter Jan. I mean, Peter Yan is at the top of the pound for pound right now and, and uh, in, in the UFC, I, he, he's a beast. I expect him to win, but I, I do think I, I, you can't count Sterling out completely. That's all I'm going to say. But uh, yeah, I got Jan all But It should be a fun one. Great, great co-main event. We, it, and it's, it really sucks that it was canceled. I, uh, a couple months ago when Peter Jan had to get the interim after beating Sanhagen, Hagen, but uh, it, it eventually is playing out and hopefully Jan can get his title back. I mean, Jan should get his title back, but uh, all right, now let's move on to the main event and also big shout out to Tony for writing and researching all these uh, tales of the tape. But uh, let's get into the main event. Alexander Volkanovsky against the Korean zombie. Let's go. Featherweight champion Alexander Volkanovsky
0: headlines UFC 273 opposite the Korean zombie Chan Sung Jung Saturday night in Jacksonville, Florida. Let's break it down. Chan Sung Jung is 35 years old. He's 5'9 with a 72-inch reach and a record of 17 and 6 with six knockouts and eight submissions. From Pohong, South Korea, he began training in martial arts as a teenager due to this constant bullying when his family moved from countryside to the city. After high school, he joined the Korean Navy, where he took up Taekwondo and began a kickboxing career, amassing a record of 15 and 6 with 11 knockouts before switching to MMA. Winning his professional debut with a reverse armbar in June of 2007, that same year he won a Pancras tournament, winning the first fight via rear naked choke and the second with a first-round knockout. The following year, he entered another tournament, winning three fights in one night. In 2010, he lost two in a row, a split decision to Leonard Garcia and a second-round knockout to George Roop by a vicious head kick. He bounced back with a second-round submission of Garcia in his UFC debut, and in his first headliner, submitted Dustin Poirier with a Darce choke. In 2013, he challenged for the featherweight title, getting stopped in the fourth round by Jose Aldo. After the fight, Jung was required to fulfill another two-year stint in the Korean military, and returned three years later knocking out Dennis Bermudez in the first round with a devastating counter uppercut. The next year, he lost to Yair Rodriguez when, leading on the scorecards, he rushed in and was knocked out cold by a brutal counter elbow with one second left on the clock. In 2019, he engaged in his fifth and sixth headlining events, knocking out both Renato Moncoyo and Frankie Edgar in the first round. In October of 2020, he took on Brian Ortega. However, despite being a heavy favorite, He was dominated for all five rounds, getting dropped twice and losing 50-45 to on all three scorecards. On June 19, 2021, he defeated Dan Ige by unanimous decision, mixing in slick striking with an excellent grappling game and a demonstration of how well-rounded he's become. A relentless pressure fighter, the Korean Zombie got his nickname from his uncanny ability to absorb massive amounts of damage and continue to move forward. His proficiency in taekwondo, judo, and Brazilian jiu-jitsu makes him dangerous on the ground, and he possesses both a limitless gas tank and one-punch knockout power. Alexander Volkanovski is 33 years old. He's 5'6", with a 71-inch reach and a record of 23-1 with 11 knockouts and three submissions. From New South Wales, Australia, Volkanovski took up Greco-Roman wrestling at a young age, going on to win a national title at the age of 12 though he gave up the sport in his teens to pursue a career in rugby. After a successful run of the semi-pro leagues, where he weighed up to 214 pounds, he decided at the age of 23 to take up MMA, going 4-0 as an amateur in the middleweight division before turning pro in May of 2012 with a unanimous decision over Gerhard Voigt. He won his next two by TKO in the welterweight division before getting stopped by a head kick and ground a pound in his fourth fight. He won his next 10 with nine stoppages before making his UFC debut in November of 2016 with a second-round knockout of Yusuke Kosoya. Seven months later, he dropped down to the featherweight division, defeating Mizuto Hirota, and followed that up with decisions over Shane Young and Darren Elkins, as well as a brutal TKO over Jamie Kennedy. On December 29, 2018, he took part in an exciting and wild brawl with Chad Mendez getting taken down multiple times before catching Mendez with a left to the body and a right to the head to score a second-round knockout and continue his rise to the top with an and dominant victory over former champion Jose Aldo. In December of 2019, he took on Max Holloway for the featherweight title, dethroning the champion with a highly tactical game plan that consisted of relentlessly attacking his lead leg to limit the offense while landing counters inside the pocket. Seven months later, he made his first title defense with a split decision in the rematch, and on September 25th, 2021, he took on the extremely dangerous and durable Brian Ortega, surviving several submission attempts and overwhelming T-City with damaging blows, outlanding him 214-88 and route to a unanimous decision in an all-time classic. Can the Korean Zombie use his relentless pressure and remarkable durability to frustrate and overwhelm Volkanovsky? Or will Alexander the Great put on another tactical and dominant performance as he continues to solidify his position among the top pound-for-pound fighters in the sport? Tune in Saturday night to UFC 273, and let's find out.
2: All right, Alexander Volkanovsky, Chan Sung Jung, the Korean zombie. Yep, the worst title main event matchup ever. Uh, I mean, that's what happens when Volkanovski just takes care of business. I mean, he's already handled Holloway, he's already handled Ortega, he's already handled everyone. So why not throw Korean Zombie all up in there? So Joe,
0: the Korean Zombie uh, had he gotten a chance to fight for this title ten years ago, uh, it totally would have been it would have been worth it. Uh, Chen Sung Jung is 8-6 and in his last 14 fights. It is a spotty record at best. He has barely been a 500 fighter. That said, dude, this guy can take a beating. Uh, This guy can dish it out. He, uh, as we were just saying in the tail of the tape, I mean, he's become a more well-rounded fighter. This is maybe the best version of him that we've seen in a few years. That said... He's not even close to being in the same league as and- Alexander Volkanovsky. And over the course of five rounds, I believe that there is literally a 0% chance of the Korean zombie. And I love the guy. He's one of my favorites. I really do love him. I, I-, I-, I think this is going to be more like the Ortega fight where uh, for both of them. Where uh, <laughs> Ortega beat uh, beat him up pretty good. I think Volkanovski is going to do the same thing here. He's he's going to put the whoopings on this guy. I think it's going to end up being a pretty fun main event because you're going to see Volkanovski just for five rounds beating the bejesus out of the Korean zombie, and we'll see uh, we'll see how how zombie like he can be. It'll here
3: be fun. jabs when news breaks, we fix it. <laughs> According to, I'm on Fantasy Pros here. Dwayne Haskins, Dwayne Haskins, just, Haskins yeah. just died in a car accident in South Florida. Yeah, that's rough. Wow.
0: I actually uh, think it's worse than a car accident. It's a car, I think he got hit by a car yeah. in the sense oh, of car accident. Oh. If I understand that, I saw that car accident. Now I'm seeing the details. It looks more like that's terrible. What a terrible way to die.
3: 25, 25. I've always liked
0: that guy. I tell you, I was really hoping he was going to bounce back with the Steelers and get, get back on track. I'm really sad by that.
2: Yeah, he, yeah it's rough. He would have had opportunities this year. You know Mitch Trubitsky is going to give you opportunities to take his spot. So,
3: uh, Well, and as far as the fight goes, I I think uh, Vol- Volkanovski is going to do some real kind of Algermain Jermaine S- Sterling-ish um, this guy can take a lot of damage, uh, the Korean zombie. So Volkanovsky is really going to put it on him. Um, and maybe he could pursue his uh, vocal career. I heard he's been working on for a long time, Chan Sung Young. You know, ever, so ever since he was a kid, he's been working on that. And after he gets retired by Volkanovsky, American Idol, maybe. <laughs> is uh, that even American Idol? I did.
2: Oh, I That's love it.
3: That's all I'm saying.
2: Uh, yeah, Volkanovski all day. Volkanovski
3: uh, fought young, and Chan Sung Young. So you know, if one of them is a singer and the other one's a fighter, I'm taking the fighter in the fight. Right? Yeah, <laughs> but uh,
2: yeah, it, it's I, I maybe something crazy, something crazy has happened for, for upset to happen here but again you would uh, need a very
0: you would need a very high ring eyed cued guy in volkanovsky to do something really uncharacteristically stupid to put himself in a spot for zombie to win the fight now again it's not just i mean we we know the kind of knock i mean junk can knock somebody out like then there's no doubt about it you just find the right opportunity jace it's why you know i don't love the knockouts all things considered, this guy's this guy could put it on you. It well, just seems uh, like true. knowing what Volkanovski brings to the table, you having an opportunity or two in the fight to slip him, you better not miss those two chances because I don't know that you'll get many more.
3: Short windows. It's what I always say about Cyril Ghosn. Cyril Ghosn can be beat. We just saw it. But the windows you have to actually hit him cleanly or to knock him out. They're just so small, and so, just engaging. is an open window. Put your hand in here. When you touch me, it means you're close enough to hit. Um, Volkanovski's not like that. He slams all those windows shut, and assuming, yeah, that once or twice where he's a fraction of a second off, Jump can't put something in there? I mean, I think Volkanovsky scrapes this guy.
2: Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. I don't
3: uh, a minus 800, because it's huge, but
2: Volkanovski for the win. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it should be fun, though. I mean, he's called the Korean Zombie for a reason. He can take he, he takes punishment and just keeps walking forward. So, it, it's going to be a fun fight. Uh, Volkanovski has not show out. But, yeah. Uh, I, I will say the co-main event, I'm more excited for that. That should have been the main event. Uh, th- I think the, the Sterling Gian fight's gonna steal the show here, but uh, regardless, fun night of fights, so fun. Let's talk about the fight of the night. Uh, what's gonna happen? I mean, we also I do want to mention before this, n- not tonight, but last night, Triple G returned, knocked out Murata. Uh, that would have been my fight of the night,
3: but uh, this morning it was a yeah. great fight, bro. Yeah. But uh
2: all right, Jared, what's your fight on the night?
3: Um, I think it's gonna be a great fight. It's also spoiler coming up. We'll talk about it again in a second, but uh Sergio Garcia versus Tony Harrison. Tony Harrison's a tough, gritty boxer, and uh, Sergio Martin Sergio Garcia's on his Martinez. Sergio Garcia is on his way up and uh, this is this is a good stepping stone for him and should be a great fight.
0: All right. Um listen, Gilbert Burns and and Kosmit That's going to be, you know, we're hearing all this uh, Chemaev is saying he's going to put him out in the first round, which I'd love to see that. Uh that would be really cool, but I don't know that that's the guy uh I want to go crazy in the first round against. I don't know, I want to bull rush this guy. So uh that could go really well or really poorly. So I I I'm really excited about that. Because uh, I wa- I really want to see, and I think this is the, the best indicator we're going to see, is if Shemaev is, is for real. Or if it's part hype and, you know, part competition. I think tonight you'll see if this guy's really, really going to make a, a run at the top of the, the welterweight division.
3: Okay, Sergio Garcia has one loss. <sighs> right? His one loss is to sebastian the towering inferno Fondora. have you guys seen this guy six foot six sebastian Fandora.
1: No.
3: Yeah. oh man i've got a new fight of the night i want to change my answer erickson lubin's only loss is to jermel charlo erickson lubin is a monster and he's fighting six foot six sebastian Fondora, and he's a minus 165 this is gonna be fun The bigger they are the harder they fall take lubin on the money line six foot six towering inferno sebastian fundora versus erickson lubin i am so excited i have kansas on one of my parlays with this fight (laughs) erickson lubin over sebastian fundora and it is gonna be fun to watch video game like
2: yeah all right for that fight uh I mean uh, another fight. I got. I, I mean, Ryan Garcia is fighting. I think we should mention that just because of all the hype. I, I at least he's getting back into the to, to the ring. I guess.
3: And I don't think this guy is good enough to expose the flaws that I see in Ryan Garcia. A la tank, there are ways to beat this guy. I don't know if this guy has the pop to do it. It's a, it's it's the windows are too far open. And the chin looks a little suspicious for Ryan Garcia. So you crack open a window too far and, and stick a suspect chin out, bad things happen. I don't know if this guy can um really do do you know, make that work for him.
2: Yeah. But uh for my actual fight of the night though, Michaela Meyer versus Jennifer Hahn on ESPN plus. Check that out, Michaela Meyer's a beast. Take the over. best. Uh, one of the best female
3: pound pound she fighters. She won't stop on. She's minus oh, 4,500, and she won't stop on. I took the over there.
0: I think it's Mackenzie Dern on the card tonight yep, against uh, Tisha, Torres. Tisha Torres. Yeah, She's that'll be a cool too. fight, too. Yeah.
3: She's plus money, too. I have Dern. I think she just barely wins a decision, and, uh, and Tisha is actually the favorite here. So, plus money mm-hmm. on Dern. Interesting.
2: All right,
3: but uh,
2: I right, speaking of how all this money, oh, there it is. Sold on Garcia, uh, yeah. No one, I don't think anyone sold on Ryan Garcia until he starts fighting
3: real bonus. But uh, all right, I
2: mean, talking about all this money, Jared, how are you gonna make us money with your puncher's chance?
3: This ends up at plus 150. Gabriel Rosado, Brian Perello. We already talked about Sergio Garcia. Um, now, Gabriel Rosado is fighting a guy named Shane Mosley. That name might sound familiar. And it was uh, Rosado who just gave a great fight to was it Tank? Uh, Jamie Mongaia, the... Uh, the favorite of uh, Sander out there. So I like Rosado to bounce back from that loss. Uh, Perella at minus 357. You parlay all three of these, you're at plus 150. And I'm also uh, two weeks in a row on the puncher's chance, so let's go for three here.
2: Let's go. Let's keep it up. Good (laughs) stuff, Jared. But uh, all right. All right. That's going to do it as far as the fights go. So uh, big shout out to uh, Annie Mac Mortgage and Chris Sawyer for sponsoring today's episode. And uh, Cove Kids Classic. Make sure you go check that out. Uh, May 6th at Lyman Orchard's Golf Course. Right, Joe? Got any other words regarding that? Uh,
0: Other than that, everybody should sign up and go. No, I think that I think that about covers it. May 6th, it's a Friday. A couple of meals happen and lots of great prizes, and just a a good time for a good cause. It's for kids who have lost someone. It's a fundraiser so that those kids can talk to somebody for free. Do the right
2: thing. Golf. Yeah. Okay, what else uh, you got to hear? Wins. Heck yeah! And uh, also, big shout out, Clover Media. Make sure you check it out, Clovercrestmedia dot com. For a bunch of other great sports podcasts. If you're a football fan, Joe, and myself, uh, John about the G men, uh, basketball posting up, I uh, you got keys to the city, city covering it all. Uh, anything you got. And I mean, if you're not a sports fan, uh, true crime podcast, political podcast, conspiracy theory, anything you got close has you covered. But, uh, Great tonight. Make sure you enjoy them. We're gonna end the show like we always do. Jared Brother, hit us with that flurry.
3: I wanna fight Will Smith. Um I wanna fight Will Smith because I've been thinking more about it and it was and I and I feel like this is a bully. One of the things that bothers me most about this is people are saying how gangster what he did was. That's the doubt. Oh man, he keeps it real for his family. And uh, he hit somebody that wasn't going to hit him back. So open invitation to fight Will Smith still hasn't been answered. And I think it's because he knows I'll hit him back. Um, I'm feeling like if that was The Rock instead of Chris Rock, Hey, Jada, can't wait for G.I. Jane 2 to come out. (laughs) That Will Smith would not have done what he did. And that's the difference between me and Will Smith. Because if Chris Rock had said something like that about The Rock's wife, and The Rock had walked up and smacked him, I would still be here on Throwing Jabs podcast inviting The Rock to come and fight because that's a bully move and I don't size up my opponents by whether or not they're gonna hit me back. And if you need any further motivation. Thanks guys.
1: Throwing jabs, always full send, here we go again. Jared, Joe, and Jays, Crest, top three corner man, punching in with a punching chance we find a way to win. The main event, locked it in every Saturday at 10. The overhand is out of hand when it comes to fisticuffs. Slot a hand on the undercard, you'll never see the punch Uppercut, got you missing wave, feet are stepping late Keep your guard up feeling faint from a faint Take a standing aid, then retaliate Put up your duke, stick and move, bob and wave Don't lose hope against the ropes, There's always, an escape Never stay down, one more round, bells ringing Counterpunch with your chin tucked, and go down swinging We bringing crosses with no worship Hooks with no verses, combinations with no locks When you feel the flurry as curtains From scrub scraps to fight stats, relax if you want the facts Cause the best combat podcast is throwing jabs
0: Hello, my name is Joe McGuire. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Talking About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Week, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Murder, the Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting Clovercrestmedia.com.